Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. You can find more helpful advice at focusonthefamily.com slash parentingpodcast. In the Bible, the book of Proverbs, it says, The one who guards his mouth and his tongue keeps his life from troubles. And it certainly is true in parenting that fewer words are often better than many words. I'm John Fuller, along with Danny Huerta. Danny leads our parenting and youth department here at Focus on the Family. And today we're going to hear from authors Michael Anderson and Dr. Timothy Johansson, who spoke to Jim Daly and me about choosing your words very carefully when you correct your kids. Let's talk a minute about the shame, because I think that's, a, again, a big issue it's um, huge. Um, in our parenting styles today, that we tend to, in that desire to have better behavior, uh, we tend to utter words that we probably regret as parents. Like, if you don't do this, you're lazy, you're um, whatever. Uh, yeah, what we say in the book about shame is shame is really an overcorrelation of what your child does with who they are. And parents really need to tease that out and make sure that they're choosing words when they talk to their child that don't judge them in a way that's shameful. So maybe your child doesn't clean their room up very well. A shaming parent would say, you're a slob. Right. A non-shaming parent would say, you need to clean your room. But the child hears very different things in that. And any 10 or 12 times of that isn't going to matter. But over the course of a lifetime, it really does matter. Mm -hmm. Um, You're five assignments behind in math. That's all I'm going to say. My daughter used to say to me, you don't trust me. And I would say to her, I'm not talking about whether I trust you or don't trust you. I'm saying I don't think Friday happened the way you told me. Trusting her is a comment about her. And we can train ourselves as parents to talk about the incident, the five assignments, the messy room, the version of what happened Friday night. And when you're doing that, again, the shaming aspect of it, let me ask the question this way. Why do we as parents feel that's a a tool that works? Why do we go there? Probably because we were shamed as children growing up in our families of origin. I would bet that that's that's what they know. That's what they heard growing up. And they think that they have to do the same thing because they think it's going to work. Well, one thing is the misperception that my child would be better if he could grasp how bad he what he just did was. There's a story in the book about a policeman that pulls me over because I was going 50 and a 40. And when I see his lights in the rearview mirror, I think, man, I was speeding. That was terrible. I should have slowed down. I wish I could reverse this. I hope I just get a warning. Um, And then as he comes up, I think I'm probably not going to get a warning. And then I hope he just gets a ticket. And the policeman comes up in this fictional story and rolls down the, I roll down the window and he says, I want to talk to you about your behavior. Um, I noticed you were speeding. You know, there's kids in this neighborhood. I've noticed you don't pay attention when you're going anywhere. I noticed your dog out in the street. I noticed that um, your garage is getting to be a mess. And as he talks, I start blaming him because of my shame. Hmm. And I'm thinking that he's putting me down, which triggers defensiveness. And that's what usually happens with parents that talk too much, is it starts expanding the issue. And the kid then clicks into a defense mechanism. And when they start defending themselves, we feel as parents that they don't feel bad enough Mm -hmm. about what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So we keep talking. Yeah. (laughs) 
So, Danny, Michael mentioned uh, this cycle where we shame our children and they defend themselves and then we shame them some more. And it's a terrible cycle. I mean, how do we break that pattern? Well, you want to have some self-awareness and mindful of what's going on inside of you because maybe you were used to having words said to you, you're called names, and that's a way to fear you into doing things, and that worked possibly for you or someone you know. But really what what needs to happen is is a pausing and figuring out, why am I even disciplining my child? What's the goal? Because it's about discipling. That's a discipline. And so it means relationship. Disciple means there's a relationship involved, and you can't have one with shame or calling people names. It, it creates a lack of trust. And when there's trust at the foundation, you can have enough influence to actually create an internal awareness of boundaries and limits. It's not, oh, I have to do this. It's now, no, I respect it. And that's what you want to create in your child, a natural uh, respecter of boundaries and limits that is able to then see mission and vision and then their identity as a child of God. That's ultimately where you want to lead your child. Mm -hmm. But if it's all about shaming, they miss out on learning why boundaries and limits are even there and that a child of God uh, is is freed through those boundaries and limits. Now, I've got, um, and I'll just disclose this, recently we discovered that one of our kids really just lives in the secret. In other Mm -hmm. words, there's kind of this little life over here and it's all about the secret and we've wondered about the the component of shame and all that so what do you think that's about well the the secret world is very much an anxious world that are you still going to love me if you know this about me and are you safe enough hmm. uh, for me to uh, enter a place of of brokenness and difficulty and struggle for me. So how do I get through to this child that, yes, the answer is yes, I will still love you always, regardless? Yeah, this is is a a, a common one for families, especially with young teen girls, Hmm. uh, where girls internalize some of this. You see more externalized stuff with boys, behaviors acting out. Girls go more into the secret world. And what you want to do is is make sure they're paying attention to you and there's a softness in you where you bridge and you let them know how much you love them, care about them, and the concern you have in where they're at and where they've been, uh, more so out of what they potentially could be doing to them rather than something that they're doing that's that, bad. That's breaking the rules. Yeah, it's yeah. not good or bad. This is something that's just really preventing you from living a free life. And that's what I want for you is freedom and a life where you learn how to love and how to love freely and well. Yeah. And so making sure with the, the, the daughter you have or son you have, if they are a strong personality, you're going to have to get through your own anxieties of feeling rejected and controlled and just confidently enter a conversation with this teen that, hey, I want you to... To, to do well in life, and this is the purpose to this. And I know that this is going to feel threatening to you, and you may feel um, like you need to defend something. I'm not here to argue or fight with you. I'm here to love you. And I want to guide you towards something that's good and, uh, and, and maybe learn some things along the way. And that's going to be up to you whether you want to receive it or not. I appreciate that. Thank you for uh, addressing that. And, um, you know, just going back to how we opened this episode, uh, guarding your mouth and keeping your tongue does tend to reduce troubles. This is very true with your teen. And 
we really recommend the book by Michael Anderson and Dr. Timothy Johansson, Just the Essence of Raising Life-Ready Kids. It's all about life experience, and the book offers some really simple sound advice to prepare your kids for adulthood. We're making it available as our thank you gift when you donate to Focus on the Family today. Support the work of Focus as we help parents, as we strengthen marriages. There's a lot going on here. It has to have your support to continue. And uh, when you donate today, call 800-A-FAMILY or visit the episode notes and just request your book, Gist, The Essence of Raising Life-Ready Kids. And of course, online, we have lots of other resources. We have a free parenting assessment, which takes just a few minutes to fill out and is going to help you discover what you're doing well and maybe an area or two uh, to target for growth. And the details are in the episode notes. Next time, some creative ways to teach your kids to be responsible. I'm John Fuller, and on behalf of Danny Huerta and the entire team, thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast.